Welcome to This Week with Lordship Community Church. I'm the Reverend Jeff Lukens, and I'm the pastor here. This week's podcast is part of our Lent worship series, Holy Vessels, a Lenten season of recovery. We worship live online each Sunday morning, 10 a.m. at thelordshipchurch.org slash live. Here's this week's scripture and message. We have seen that stories of Jesus' healing ministry are filled with words and deeds. When he rides into Jerusalem, the people had hopes that he would heal the oppressive system they were living under. We know that his healing was not confined to that moment in history, but offers a new way of life that has made a case for compassion for all, especially the least, ever since. As we head into the events of Holy Week, we begin to see that our ability to forgive ourselves and others is the foundation that can transform infirmities and allow us to move on. We integrate our beliefs and our actions for the health of the whole. The parade of compassionate power we celebrate today is underscored by another healing story of transformation, symbolizing our ability to fuel our movement of recovery. We glorify God for beautiful words and works of wholeness and share that treasured beauty with others. We know there will still be pain, but we also know love will win. Vessels holy and whole, broken, needing the one, open, body and soul, healer come. A reading from the Gospel according to Matthew. And after getting into a boat, he crossed the sea and came to his own town. And just then, some people were carrying a paralyzed man lying on a bed. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Take heart, son, your sins are forgiven. Then some of the scribes said to themselves, This man is blaspheming. But Jesus, perceiving their thoughts, said, Why do you think evil in your hearts? For which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven, or to say, stand up and walk. But so that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth 
to forgive sins. He then said to the paralytic, stand up, take your bed and go to your home. And he stood up and went to his home. When the crowd saw it, they were filled with awe and they glorified God who had given such authority to human beings. Let us pray. Holy God, in the midst of our loud hosannas, as the waving palm leaves rustle in unison, quiet our preconceived notions and hush our sure grasp of your truth so that we may perhaps discover something about your vision, your hope, your purpose for our life. Something that changes the way we think, we act, we do. And may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable, O Lord, our rock and our Redeemer. Amen. One of the lines that I have heard most often over the past month or so is, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Neighbors say it as I see them walking their dogs. Grocery store clerks say it. News reporters say it. Heck, I have even said it. There is a light at the end of the tunnel. After months and months of COVID-induced fear and isolation, we're finally glimpsing hope as vaccines roll out and infection rates fall and restrictions are being lifted. And all of this is wonderful. And yet, on the other line I've heard often is this. I just can't take any more of this. As in, oh, I can't take another COVID variant. Or, I can't seem to find an appointment for my vaccine. Or, I can't take another remote learning day. Or, I can't take another mass shooting. As, our, as ever, our lives slide from hope to disappointment, from disappointment to hope back and forth on this pendulum. On one hand, light at the end of the tunnel shows just how much we need to be revived and renewed, and that light is reviving and renewing us. And on the other hand, it just shows how bleak and how dismal this tunnel has been. In other words, it doesn't take us long to go from praise to pain. And so what a fitting time to be observing Palm Sunday, our entry into Holy Week. Today we are beginning a journey that holds within it the fullness of the human story. The highs, the lows, the hopes, the fears. In the span of seven days, we do it all. We praise, we process, we break bread, we wash feet, 
We make promises, we break promises, deny, betray, condemn, abandon, grieve, despair, disbelieve, celebrate. This week we see the light that is at the end of the tunnel. We lose sight of the tunnel completely and the grimness of death, and then we find it again bathed in glory. Now, like many of you, I grew up celebrating Palm Sunday with loud and festive processions. Think timpanies and trumpets. It often rivaled Easter for, for the celebratory atmosphere. And as a kid, I marched with my palms down around the sanctuary to the tune of all glory, laud, and honor with all my friends from Sunday school. I shouted, Hosanna, at the top of my lungs, Hosanna. And I did all of this without even knowing what Hosanna means. I thought, you know, it was just a churchy word for awesome, or we love you, or something like that. I mean, they were shouting it as Jesus triumphantly comes in to Jerusalem. But that's not what it means. It means save us. As in, Lord, we are desperate. We're frantic. We're in trouble. We need help. Now, Hosanna, Jesus, save us. Save us now. If you resonate with this plea as you come to the end of Lent, as we move towards the end of our season of recovery, may I offer a word of reassurance? It's okay. All of this. It's okay. The authentic hope wrapped up in honest fear. It's all okay. It's what Holy Week is about. If the Palm Sunday story is about anything, it's about dazzling hopes and disappointed expectations. It's a story about what happens when the God we want and think we know doesn't show up. And instead, another God, less efficient, less aggressive, shows up and saves us in ways we didn't even know were possible. So we approach Holy Week this year with a long season of suffering behind us. And so reflecting on the passion of Jesus this week might not be the thing we want to do. It might be the furthest thing from our mind, especially in the light of the many other passion stories and passion narratives our collective ears and hearts have been forced to ingest. 
More than half a million dead in the U.S. from COVID. Countless people suffering the effects of climate change. George Floyd. Breonna Taylor. And just in the last two weeks, the victims of the shootings in Atlanta and Boulder and Virginia Beach. The words of Psalm 31 are tragically relevant. My eyes waste away from grief. My soul and body also for my life is spent in sorrow, and my years with sighing. My strength fails because of my misery, and my bones waste away. There are too many of us whose strengths fail and whose bones waste away, not because of disease, but because of anxiety of grief, of sorrow, misery. This infection currently afflicting our society migrates over to our actual bodies, which break down under the cruel and relentless assault of sin and death. And yet the passion story invites us to turn our eyes to Jesus and his suffering, his death. From one angle, Jesus' suffering is unremarkable. He's but one among a long line of bodies lynched by the cruel machinery of human violence. The reasons for his suffering are all too recognizable, even today. Betrayal, abandonment, arrest under false charges, an unfair justice system, physical abuse and mob justice. And yet for Matthew, Jesus is not only a victim. His death was the fulfillment of the messianic prophecy. It was a revelation it exposed the things around him for what they really were, starting with the things that were broken in his relationships with his closest friends. Jesus' friends and his disciples were unable to stick with their teacher in the hour of his greatest need. His suffering revealed the fragility of his friends' loyalty and courage. And then his death exposed the profound cruelty of those with the social and governmental power of that time. And then, as we know, it marked a new chapter in God's redemptive drama. God changed the ending. As Easter people, we know this, but we often forget what it took to get there. My pastor growing up was fond of saying, you can't have Easter without Good Friday. Meaning that if we forget why we are celebrating Easter, it loses its power. We need to pay attention to this passion story. 
So if there is a single day in our liturgical calendar that illustrates the dissonance, dissonance in the heart of our faith, it is Palm Sunday today. More than any other day, this festive, ominous, and complicated day of palms and hosannas warns us the of the paradoxes that we might not like are woven right into the heart of Christianity. God on a donkey, dying to live, a suffering king, good Friday. It is these paradoxes that give Jesus' story its shape, its weight, its structure, calling us at every moment to hold together the truths that seem bizarre, counterintuitive, and irreconcilable. In reference to Palm Sunday, Frederick Beekner writes, Despair and hope. They travel the road to Jerusalem together as they travel every road we take. Despair at what in our madness we are bringing down on our own heads and hope in him who travels the road with us and for, is, is and for us and who is the only one of us who is not mad. So in the end, I hope I find the hope, I find hope in this. This is where I find hope today. I hope that I am, because I find hope because I am known and held by a God who is way too big for thin and one-dimensional truths, even my own most treasured one-dimensional one-dimensional truths. I am held by a God who sticks with me even when I don't feel like sticking with God. A God who accepts my prayer even when it is selfish. A God who knows all the reasons my heart cries out, save us, Jesus, and then carries the broken, strangled cries to the cross on my behalf. That, my friends, is the healing power of Jesus. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Amen. Thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen. And you can visit us at www.thelordshipchurch.org where you can find a link to make a donation towards our ministries. Thank you and God bless. Thank you.